So um, who am I? <laughs> I'm a little girl from Molino, Oregon, right? In, in the country. It's, I had a graduating class of, I think, 28 in the eighth grade, <laughs> which is, um, was a long time ago, um, <laughs> 1979 to be exact. And um, before that, though, because I, I've kind of now separated my life into, you know, uh, before the trouble and after the trouble and then, you know, the trouble I caused. <laughs> I say that with a smile on my face because um, this is exactly what I'm going through right now is, is the running and the stopping and the running and the stopping. So um, when I was six, my dad chose to leave. My mom was um, compromised. She had uh, polio. So she had um um, paralyzed larynx lungs, you know, all this stuff. So it was, it was tough for her. She was disabled, but the kind of disability you can't see. So nobody ever really took her seriously until they heard her talk. And then they could tell that, you know, her voice was different. Um, my dad was a great guy. He was married four times. He had a heart this big, but he just didn't know how to stop running. And, and that's, I feel like that's exactly what this is about. He was hurting for the same reasons that we all do. You know, his parents did the best they can. His dad died when he was three. You know, I mean, just all of these things, right? So he left when I was six. I uh, turned to my mom one day and, you know, here I am, little Jane, and my mom's tall, but I was standing and she was sitting. And um, I've told this before, I was playing with my avocado green metal sharp edged kitchen. I, you know, that was what we played with back then. We didn't, you know, we didn't worry about poked out eyes or whatever. Um, and a Harvest Gold little kid refrigerator, right? So I'm playing with those. And I asked my mom, I, I just turned to her and I said, mom, dad's not coming back, is he? And that's out of a six-year-old, you know? And she said, no, that is the only time in my life that I can ever remember my mom being completely honest. She was, she was a very, she had a very honest heart and she helped everybody she could, but she did not know how to tell the truth because she had been molested by her grandfather. So this was second generation, but of course this hadn't happened yet, but um, my dad left. And so it was always turmoil. There was always something going on, right? Um, and we all come from something. We all do. Our parents just did the best they could. So uh, fast forward, we moved to Molino. All of a sudden um, I was in a, in a bright, uh, uh, bridesmaid gown, I guess. My sister and I were little bridesmaids for my mom's second wedding. I don't remember any of it. I've struggled to remember. I remember the dress that I wore because it matched my sister's who was four years older than me. I thought she was really cool. Um, but my mom had, had been, been manipulated and married um, a sexual predator. And uh, so for the, for the next, well, till I was 14, um, we were living in hell. And it was, uh, you know, and she tried to hide it. And that's the part that's so hard to deal with for me is that I didn't remember anything. And then she tried to hide it. And so nobody ever really talked to me about what the truth was. So I'm not going to go into a lot of that because it's, you know, like I said, we all come from something, but what came out of that was, um, an eating disorder because uh, food was my comfort. Uh, I remember if I had a snack on the dining room table. Uh, when I looked through the back door and I saw a snack on the dining room table, my anxiety level went down to zero because I knew if there was a snack on the table, somebody cared enough to put it there, which meant my mom was home. So it's how we track those thoughts when we're kids, which meant my mom was home, which meant I was safe. Whatever would happen, you know, wouldn't happen then, right? So when there was no snack on the table, I, in my, you know, uh, eight, nine, 10 year old brain, I would find any reason to run right? Any reason I would run back to the school. 
If the office was still open, I'd answer phones. I'd run back to my teacher's classroom. Now, all of this not knowing what I was running from, right? I just was running and that's, that's that. Um, everybody's, uh, I don't wanna say everybody's, but most of the people, I'd say probably 60% of people that I knew back then were hiding uh, disaster behind their, their front doors. And so all of my friends, after I've done research as an older person, figured out that they were all running too. And I was so envious, right? I was so envious of everybody because they had the right clothes and the right family, the right house, the right whatever. You know, their dad was a lawyer, you know, worked at the lumber mill, whatever. My stepdad was a freak and my dad was awesome, but he was like in and out, in and out, in and out. So um, how did that affect me today? Well, I, I've been married and divorced three times. Um, I, uh, in 19 or excuse me, 19 in the 20, let's see, 2008, I guess, uh, my, uh, second husband and I, my daughter's dad got divorced over a load of laundry. Um, that was just like the tipping point of everything else. Right. And, uh, I, we had gotten back from a trip that I was, you know, forced to go on because I had no voice. And we got back and, and I'm running a business. I had an ice cream store and bakery. I, you know, I had commitments in the community I had my daughter's commitments at her school commitments at the church. And I came back from that first day back of that trip that I did not want to go on. And I looked down and there was a pile of laundry there. Now at this time I was my highest weight. I was 265 pounds. Um, I, I had one outfit that I could wear to the shop, literally one outfit that fit. Um, and so I needed it. And I looked down and there was a pile of laundry there and I just lost it. And I just said, you know what? I, I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore because I'm trying to do everything. So I, I ran, I guess, I guess you could say, um, took my daughter um, and her dad and I are great friends today. In fact, we're planning um, Christmas Eve dinner with his wife's family and all of us because we're just, we're just a huge tribe. But back then we were both two broken kids. And why were we broken kids? Because um, we both had eating disorders and um, I didn't recognize his as that he was a, a recovered alcoholic. And um, that was the main focus, you know, don't keep booze around Dave. Don't let booze, you know, don't let Dave drink. You know, of course I took that on as, as my responsibility. And um, the night that I remember the best when everything just kind of launched into um, craziness for, for my eating disorder was about a year before that we'd been watching TV on one of our big projection TVs. You remember those with the thing. And so he went back and he changed the projector. And I said, I need you to go to Seven Eleven. So if you don't have Seven Eleven where you are, Seven Eleven is uh, like a plaid pantry or a little uh, 24 hour convenience store. I said, I need you to go to Seven Eleven. I need you to get me hostess cupcakes, you know, the kind with the, the frosting and, you know, that kind of thing. And he was like, okay, because I'd never asked for those before, you know, in all the years we've been together. And so he went to the store and I said, don't come back without them. Don't bring me ho-hos, ding-dongs. You know, I knew exactly what I wanted. And so he came back with this huge bag and I looked at that bag and I thought, that's not what I wanted because it was like bulging and it was heavy. Well, it was his foods. It was his, you know, I, I don't need to name them all, but all of his candy and all of his things that, um, that he liked. But at the very bottom of that sack were my cupcakes. They were squished, they were mangled, but they were there. I remember taking them out and it was almost ritualistic. And so the one thing that happened to me when I was a kid is I disassociated from everything. That was how I escaped. That was how I got away. 
so disassociating from everything, um, I didn't know that what I was doing at that moment with those cupcakes was very ritualistic for me from when I was a kid. I was feeling unsafe. I was feeling, so I was probably feeling unsafe in my marriage. Um, so I did my whole ritual and, and don't bother me until I'm done, right? And I probably did that as a kid too. Um, fast forward, we got divorced, uh, went bankrupt with the shop, which you know was a blessing actually, because it got me to stand in front of the mirror and look at myself and say, what the hell did I do? I, I had not literally had not looked at myself in 10 years. I, I didn't know this person that was standing in front of me. And I just happened to catch a glimpse when I was walking by out of the shower and I went, what did I do? What did I do? I said, I was never going to do this. My sister had um, been up to 400 pounds, down to 89 pounds. She'd had gastric bypass surgery. She, you know, so I'd watched all this and I said, I'm never going to be like my sister. Although I admired her, loved her, wanted to be just like her. But um, suddenly there I was, I, I didn't know how I got there. Um, well, besides owning an ice cream store and bakery, I didn't know how I got there. <laughs> like I ate my meals there, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, so I looked at myself and I thought, wow, what do you do? You know? So I just went on a journey. I came to, to OA. My dad talked me into it literally on the phone with him. My first meeting, it was at a friend's church in Clackamas, Oregon. I walked in, my dad was saying, come on, Janie, come on, you can do it. Just get in the front door. Once you, once they see you, they'll take care of you. You know, and I didn't know 12 step from a hole in the ground and he was right. They did take care of me. Um, but I wanted to do what um, can I check time? Was anybody timing? Because I didn't time. I'm timing, Jane. This is Terry. You have five minutes remaining. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate it. Um, so I'll speed this up a little bit, but that was my first encounter with OA. Um, my dad and I joined uh, a pay and way program together. Uh, we did it for about two months while I was going to, to OA. I didn't listen to anything, y'all. I didn't listen to the steps. I didn't listen to the people. I didn't listen to anything. I just thought if I go, that the magic's going to happen. My dad dropped out of a heart attack. Um, it just suddenly one day I got a call at school. Um, I was going to school at the time and he, he died. I couldn't go back to the pay and way because that was kind of like our thing, right? So what am I going to do? So then I go to a, a pay and starve and I paid and starved for the next nine months. And I got down to a size four. I remember people bringing jeans in going here, you can wear these now. And, um, kind of a little celebrity in my, um, my work group at Kaiser Permanente I was kind of a little celebrity. Oh, she lost all this weight. Isn't this great? Um, but it had so many consequences with it because I was still the same person. I was still the exact same person that I was when I was a kid that I was at that moment, fat, skinny, didn't matter. Um, so as soon as I got down to that size four, I marched my skinny little butt out of the OA meeting. I never went back. Um, and the next 12 years I was, you know, married and divorced again had all kinds of turmoil. Um, it was just, it was just unbelievable. The, the pain that I put myself through in order to get back to where I need to be. So just kind of rounding it out with um, what it said today, uh, I look for distraction. So I took care of everybody but myself, everybody in my life, didn't matter who you were. If you crossed my path, you were gonna get a tool out of my tool belt and I was gonna help you fix yourself, but I was not gonna look at me. Um, so I'm done running today, I'm done. Um, I found my voice. Um, thank goodness. I had a dear friend at work that uh, was diagnosed with ADHD at uh, 36 years old. And we had a conversation about it. And I thought I was running from my abuse. I thought I was running from all these different things. I, if you had a conversation with me, 
in my head, I'd be talking to you, but in my head, I'd say, gosh, she's so smart. I am the stupidest person on the planet. I am just, you know, I am worthless. I'm this, I'm that. So that boardroom in my head, y'all, every single person in that boardroom fired me every day of the week. I was just, I was, I was no good just, but I couldn't say it, you know, cause that's not socially acceptable. You don't say that. Um, so I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Um, so basically what happened was um, after I put myself through all this pain, I found myself last November sitting on my couch in here, watching Hallmark movies and eating pie out of a pie tin. I didn't even get up to get a plate. I had social media in the other hand, I'm watching all of y'all living your best lives, you know, um, and, and I was just, I was done. I had no willpower, strength, nothing to pull myself out of this. My dad started going through hospice. Y'all, a lot of you walked that with me. Um, in March of that year, I had moved in with him last year. Um, and he said to me one day, I don't want to see you like this. I, I don't want to see you like this anymore. You don't deserve to be like this. This is my stepdad and my good stepdad, my other one, jail, dead, all of that. Okay. So, um, my good stepdad that I had for over 30 years, he and my mom were sweethearts. Um, he said, I don't want to see you like this. And I knew that it was his last kind of his last wish for me. Um, because he passed away in June, but in March, when he said that I got down on my knees and I can't even bend on my knees. They don't, they're horrible. They're arthritic and they're terrible. But I said, I can't do this anymore, God. And it was the first time I called out in probably my whole life. I mean, maybe I've waved at him going by in some situations, but I, I called out to him and I said, I can't do this anymore. I found you guys on zoom. You were the first meeting I found was the skivvy room. I saw attitude adjustment and I thought, well, I need one of those. And the rest is history. So I'm down 47 pounds. Um, I'm abstinent for over 270 days, I think. I'm looking for my calendar. And um, I've been diagnosed with ADHD and I'm on medication. And so I feel like my entire life, I'm living life that I never thought I deserved, that I never thought I was worthy of. And I'm struggling to catch up with the rest of society with the fact that I am a good person. God doesn't make junk. You guys taught me that. Um, and I just, I'm so in love with life right now that I'm actually just overbooking myself in everything. So, um, it's, it's hard to, to sit still, but not in the way it used to be. So I'm not running from anything. I'm actually creating things, making things and, um, attending meetings with you guys. Anyway, I love you. Um, Sherry, what a blessing. I don't know why we switched today of all days, but that was a beautiful reading and I really connected with it. So thank you guys. I love y'all. And, Thank you. Uh,